Alrighty, we're back again. Episode six of the mm. Sports Booth Podcast. A hell of a week we've just had on our hands. I am joined by my co-host, Husey. Husey, say hello. Hello, everyone. That's uh, podcast episode number six for those of us that speak uh, the Queen's English. <laughs> number six. The Queen's English. You're all convicts here. Yeah. Don't even have me with the Queen's English. You convicts. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, episode six. Uh, so a, a big week, um, and we'll touch base on it, on it on it on it soon. I guess I say big week, but by big t- past two days, really, of anything. Uh, yeah. The NFL, which has been incredible. Those four games, probably highest level of football I've seen in a, in a very long time. Um, and just, just the intensity and the, the matchups, fantastic. But we'll touch base on that soon. Yep. Uh, USC 270, obviously, was a, another good spectacle um, of the two big fights. Uh, we had the BBL now moving into the playoffs. So yeah. um, some good matchups there. QZ6 is still winning for a chance. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, a couple of disappointing news to go around, which is the uh, New Zealand Cricket Tour of Australia being cancelled. But I will touch base on that later and my feelings towards mm. the New Zealand government. Um, <laughs> but to start off, let's let's let everyone know, I could be making an apology and I could sit here and say that I'm yeah. sorry, but I've already said this. I went over from four this week. So now I'm a total of two from ten out of the wild card and divisional predictions. Yeah. I said when I was recording the last podcast, I said, I'm sorry if I picked your team. I picked the Titans. Yeah. Titans blew that game. That's that's on them. A couple of tip passes, interceptions. Mm-hmm. Probably should have won it. Didn't. I picked the Packers, and I said I said in that podcast last week, I'm going to pick the Packers because yep. I hope they lose. And you know what they did? Yeah. They lost the game for themselves with their special teams. Yep. Disgusting. They deserve to lose Aaron Rodgers. I may not like Aaron Rodgers, but they deserve to lose him. Then I picked the bucket. Hey, Aaron Rodgers, Pitt- Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. Just <laughs> if you want to go somewhere slightly nicer weather than Green Bay, much better special teams, come to Pittsburgh. <laughs> I know. And, uh, and then I picked the Buccaneers, obviously. Um, Tom Brady maybe just about made the uh, the greatest comeback of all time. But the Rams finished it off with some great plays. Second, second greatest. He did, he did 28 to 3. He just couldn't quite manage 27 to 3. No, no, couldn't. Um, and then, obviously, to finish it off, the wild game, which was the Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so, yeah, I picked the Bills, I picked the Bucks, I picked Packers, and they all lost. So, we've now found I've actually got a special talent, I think. I've got mm. a talent. Yeah, and we're going to touch on this a little bit later <laughs> after we sort of recap the games as well, because I've, I've, I've come prepared for this, but. Yeah, we've we've discovered that Luke is actually um, well. He, he's basically the Antichrist. He's the, <laughs> the destroyer of hope. He's the harbinger of despair for for NFL teams. If he picks your team, they are going to lose. So when we come to our uh, conference championship game picks, I'm, I apologize for whoever, who, whoever he picks there. And we, we discovered as well that the two teams. That I got wrong this week, breaking, shattering my perfect record, were the two teams that Luke picked. The two picks where I diverged from Luke were where they won. So it's all Luke. It's all Luke. nothing to do with me. I still think that my record remains intact. If Luke had picked opposite me in those games, I feel like those teams would have won. So uh, yeah. we've got something special planned for that a little bit later, or at yes. least I've got something planned special a little bit later. Luke's a little bit in the dark about it. Yeah, well, well that sounds fantastic. But no, um, so yes, as we said, Husey should never agree with me. I should just stop picking teams. I think when I started talking up the Falcons mm. as well during the season, 
then they lost the game. And then when right. I stayed quiet, they went and won. Um, so yeah. it was a lot like my fantasy season. Whenever I brought Matt Ryan into my team to play quarterback for me, he would get negative mm. points or zero points or two points. When I left him, he'd go out and score 20, 25 points. So I'm, I'm learning my lessons slowly with NFL to, <laughs> to stay away from things that I like, don't talk too much yeah. about it. So my picks will be interesting for the conference championships, um, but we'll do those at a later date. We'll do that uh, probably another video by itself for that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that all of that together, let's go straight into the divisional rounds. I'll let you, yeah. you can start and you can give us your roundup because Mr. NFL himself, oh, I'm going to avoid about talking from these games. <laughs> yeah, okay. Look, we just don't, we don't want you to like mention any players' names, otherwise they might suffer horrific injury, any coaches, otherwise they might catch COVID <laughs> or something like that. Just, just purely just stay away. So our first game was Bengals versus the Titans, and it was the much-awaited return of Derrick Henry. I talked about him having that extra week to recover and A.J. Brown having an extra week to sort of recover from his injury he suffered during the season as well and aj sorry aj brown i think it's aj great aj brown aj color <laughs> aj brown for the titans in this one he he played really really well five receptions 142 yards at a touchdown but too many turnovers committed by the titans now they're going to show up on the stat sheet as three interceptions from ryan Tannehill. two of them i'll put on his receivers for tipping the ball up in the air if you can't catch a ball in the NFL, knock it to the ground or stay away from it. Don't tip it up in the air because that leads to turnovers. Unless, unless you're Mike turnovers. Evans. Don't knock the ball down if you're Mike Evans because if he, if he tips yeah. that ball up. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. Uh, so the the Bengals, credit to the Titans' defense. They held a lid on one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. Both teams' defenses played really, really well, um, especially the Bengals' defense containing Derrick Henry. And I think, if anything, the Titans looked better when Henry wasn't on the field. Donta Foreman played really, really well, rushing, oh God, 66 yards or something like yeah, that yeah. on only four different. attempts. He had some really explosive runs, and I think they should have balanced the workload there a little bit more. I think, I definitely and, uh, think when, when Henry was in the game, the Bengals were like, we're going to stop him at all costs. Yeah. When Foreman was in the game, the, the Bengals kind of didn't know who was going to beat them, so kind of probably let, let him loose. So I, I definitely agree with you. Absolutely. And it's, it kind of it was very interesting. It kind of occurred to me uh, during the course of this game that the Titans and the Colts, you know, two fierce division rivals, are just mirror image teams of each other. You've got an average quarterback with a bell cow running back, a solid offensive line, great defense led by a strong defensive line, and some talented wide receivers who can make plays. The quarterback isn't called on to do a whole lot, but still they 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 find some success. However, what we've seen this postseason, especially especially this postseason, is the importance of having a gun quarterback in your backfield directing things, especially in the games we're going to get to in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, nine sacks so kind of just proves that, doesn't it? The fact that you can take nine sacks and exactly. still win a game is, is mind-boggling to me. So, Barrow was huge. And the fact it could... I, I'm not a Bengals fan by any means. I don't like the Bengals as a Steelers fan. Credit to Joe Barrow, though. He is a tough son of a bitch. Not, a year ago, he suffered torn ACL, MCL. This year, he's back in his best form ever. I mean, it's only his second year, but still truly showing that sophomore leap that you really need second-year players to take. And, you know, you, a lot of quarterbacks found success in their sophomore year. Going back to 
uh, Big Ben winning the Super Bowl in his sophomore year, Russell Wilson winning it in his sophomore year, Patrick Mahomes uh, being MVP in his sophomore year, Lamar Jackson being MVP in his sophomore year. So it really is that second year of like a quarterback where it's sort of their you know, time to shine. Yeah, they're still young and experienced, but they make up for it with their with their talent. And that's what we've seen out of Joe Burrow this year and his toughness, getting back up from all those sacks, from all the sacks he's taken throughout the year and still delivering for his team. Jamar Chase, insanely good draft pick from the, the Bengals, which everyone doubted at first because of his sloppy preseason. But the Titans were still in a position to win this game. They still could have won this game. And I'm going to say they should have won this game, but they're... So the arrogance in their game planning and the poor play from their quarterback let them down. Ryan Tannehill wasn't asked to do a whole lot. He wasn't asked to throw it 40 or 50 times. He was asked to throw the ball 24 times. And in 24 times, he was intercepted three times on an eighth of his pass attempts, 12.5%. That's shoddy, shoddy work. It's unacceptable. And... Now, despite the success the Titans had being the number one seed, they're one and done in the playoffs. They were one and done in the playoffs last year. And in the year before that, they got knocked off by the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. So you've got to think now are the Titans going to start asking questions about is Ryan Tannehill going to be the long-term answer or maybe we draft someone uh, late in the first round or in some of the other rounds during this upcoming draft that could eventually be the heir to the throne. Who knows? We could even see a huge move like the Titans looking to take a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers away from, from Green Bay. Imagine that situation for Aaron Rodgers going uh, into Tennessee with a hell of a defense, wide receivers like A.J. Brown and a running back like Derrick Henry and an amazing defense. You've got to think that he'll be attracted to that opportunity. Or Russell Wilson as well, finally being able to play behind a competent O-line that doesn't let in uh, receivers like it's a leaking sieve. So... I think that's going to be the questions cast around the Titans organization. But the Bengals move on to the AFC Championship game. Then our next game we have of the day is the 49ers versus the Packers. And if you watched the, just the first drive, you'd have thought the Packers won this game 49-0. Because they just marched straight down the field and scored an easy touchdown on the 49ers. Like I'm talking about it looked like there was zero resistance whatsoever. Then on the Packers' next drive, they drive down the field as well. But... It's, it's hard to say the momentum of a game can change on the second drive of the game, but it did, with Fred Warner getting a strip fumble, and I believe it was Mercedes Lewis. And on that drive, the Packers were driving down again and looked like they were getting in position to score again, going up 14-0. Didn't happen. The 49ers get the ball, and the 49ers didn't do a whole lot of, a, of football offensively. They scored six points offensively. Uh, but once again... The Packers special teams let them down on a blocked punt that was recovered for a touchdown by the 49ers, and that ended up being the difference in this game, which is a tragic way to go out if you're the Packers' defense, who's held the 49ers, who are a pretty good offensive team, rushing powerhouses, great tight end in, in uh, uh, Kittle, and some good wide receivers and hybrid wide receiver with Debo Samuel. And the 49ers, man, though, they look absolutely beaten up by the end of the game, limping off the field, but they again find themselves in the NFC Championship game. And Aaron Rodgers is now, I think, something like 0-4 and or 0-6 and in the postseason against the 49ers. Yeah. So more questions to be asked in Green Bay, particularly given Aaron Rodgers' press conference remarks of, if it's going to be a rebuild, I don't want to be here for it. Things are going to look different next year. We might have seen Aaron Rodgers for the last time in Green Bay. Yeah, and I think we, I think we have. I honestly, I don't see him going back. I see, I think, again... And this, the, I think they took a step in the right direction this year compared to the other years. Um, I think Matt LaFleur yeah. is a, a good coach, and I think he is the guy that can rebuild them and Jordan Love and take see how that goes. Um, but 
to lose a game like that with your special teams, just it, that was shambolic. Like, if you watch, if you watch the block punt, and you have a guy who's half the size lined up on a guy who's double his size, and he just runs straight through him, and it's like, yeah, what? Like in a game that's this important, just put some big bodies up there and make sure your punter gets rid of the ball. Like, no, the, the 49ers weren't moving the ball. They weren't gonna. They weren't gonna do much. They, I did, they didn't even look like scoring. Um, I just uh, that was disbelief. I sat there watching it, being like. The Packers are really going to lose like this. Like Packers still could have won that game, and and they didn't. Like you said, I think the momentum shifted. They they could have had it, you know, grasped the game a bit yeah. better, and they could have made it theirs. And I think there was a couple of missed opportunities from Rogers himself, but he definitely didn't lose in the game. The defense definitely didn't lose in the game. When you lose on a like, it's not even like a missed field goal. A missed field goal, and you go, oh, the kicker missed this or that. When it's a whole, that's a breakdown of assignments. Is I just sit yeah. there and I go, what, what, like that. The commentators spoke like they knew it was coming. Like they knew that the the special teams um, unit was just so poor. And I was like, if this was no one, what what is going on for the season to get prepared? So yeah. I think that a little bit lies with Matt Lafleur again, where. You've got to take control over that. You've got Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. You've got to you've got to make sure every other piece is is a hundred percent prepared just to do their job. Just do your job. He'll take care of the rest, and they weren't able to. So, I mean, it's a sad way to leave, but I think full credit to the 49ers. I don't know how how they've made it to this yeah. stage. I mean, there was a game, a game when they were playing the Falcons, and I was like, whoever wins this probably makes the playoffs. And to think that I was like, Falcons could not have made this run. Like, don't get me wrong, we were one and done in the playoffs if we yeah. ever made it. This team has, has, has just kept, kept going, and, and I'm, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed by, by the way they've done it. Yeah. Look, uh, I don't want to... If you go back to the Chiefs game when the Packers had Jordan Love uh, in at quarterback, what let them down in that game against the Chiefs um, when the defense was playing out of their mind was special teams once again, missed field goals and missed extra points. Well, I don't want to downplay the difficulty of special teams, but essentially you've got three plays on special teams, right? You've got the kickoff, you've got the field goal slash extra point, basically the same, and you've got the punt, right? Those are your three plays. If you can't get the blocking right on three of those plays, and I want it known as well, when the Steelers played the Packers in week three, Joe Hayden was not offside and he blocked a field goal there that would have won the Steelers game. Yes. All right. Joe Hayden was not offside. Yep. Uh, so... They had problems throughout the season. Throughout the season. Come playoff times in what Aaron Rodgers has been signaling is like, I I need to win a Super Bowl or I'm out kind of thing, right? Sharpen up. Like, come on, man. Like, it's just, it's like what you said. It's unbelievable. It's unacceptable, really. And look, we might see a, a special teams coach fired in the next couple of days or so, but... Yeah, look, that's going to be one of the biggest storylines of the season is Aaron Rodgers and the sweepstakes for him. But um, let's turn now to the the uh, the team that beat him in the NFC Championship game last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I like the little bit of gamesmanship that the Buccaneers did, making uh, wearing their white jerseys so they wouldn't feel the heat in the, as much in Florida as the Rams would in their dark navy uniforms. So I thought that was a little bit of clever gamesmanship, but. Man, this game started out one-way traffic. The entire first half was just all Rams. However, much like the the Titans, turnovers cost the Rams in the first half. They could have put on a few more extra points that would have never made this game close at all. We come back then into the second half, and Tom Brady shows up to the stadium at this point. Starts tossing passes to Gronk, Mike Evans, and it gets 
to the point it come it was 27-3 at one point to the the Rams. And as I'm sure as a Falcons fan, 28-3 will instantly we put you in tears. We so <laughs> we we have I have a little group chat going with some friends that follow football, and one of them said, "Oh, 27-3. I wonder if the same thing will happen." And everyone's just like, "Shut your mouth! Shut your mouth right now!" And then lo and behold, it starts to happen again. And the Rams, it's several times were in positions to add some extra points on it to do some good things or to salt away some time, and turnovers happen again. Now, I'm going to give credit to Matt Stafford. Wasn't he didn't him. cause any It wasn't him. <laughs> it wasn't him. It was his receivers and running back. Cam Akers, credit to him for coming back from an Achilles injury in three months rather than six months. Like, that's, or, or uh, maybe more than six months. However long it took. Credit to him for coming back early from an Achilles injury. Like, that's insane. With, to the point where the surgeon was saying when he was. A repair, or he or she was repairing the Achilles. It was like stitching two ends of a mop together. Like that's that's a nasty torn Achilles injury. There, credit to him for coming back from that and running effectively. You got to hold on to the football. Um, and Tom Brady ties the game up, twenty-seven all. And then I think forty seconds to go until overtime. Matt Stafford and the Rams have the ball instead of just kneeling it down and taking it to overtime. I some of the commentators were calling. I think it was Chris Collinsworth, and I don't like Chris Collinsworth. He was the one that was calling for the Raiders and the Chargers <laughs> to tie the game. Like He tries to think so strategically like that, and it's like, mate, win the damn game. He was calling for the Rams to kneel the ball down and take it to overtime. We saw in the very next game why you don't just kneel it down and take it to overtime, why you just don't take it to overtime. And the Rams, no way they were ever going to let Tom Brady get his hands on the ball again. And Matt Stafford, silencing any remaining doubters about his playoff credibilities, heaves the ball downfield to Cooper Cup, who gets down in time. They call their final timeout. Matt Gay, pro bowl kicker, kicks the field goal. Bam, Brady's gone. Now, I will say when we did our divisional round picks, I at first picked the Bucks because I said no matter, you know, no one's going to knock the Bucks out, like no matter what. Then I watched the Rams play against the, the Cardinals and I just thought there's something about this team that can really mess up the Buccaneers formula. And they did. They really prevented them from running the football effectively because Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, uh, Gaines on the inside as well, Von Miller, just a whole combination all over the field just really stepped up to take away the running game away from Tampa Bay and force Tom Brady to throw it. Now, Tom Brady can throw the football, right? But he's he's 44 years old. He's not the same Tom Brady as four years ago, 10 years ago. There's going to be some errant throws here and there. And he's also missing a lot of talent catching the ball. So it's not the worst game plan, especially when you've got uh, Jalen Ramsey back there. So... Ultimately, the Rams walk away from this one and are going to host the NFC Championship game with an opportunity to host the Super Bowl at their own home stadium as well, if they can only beat the 49ers who they've lost to twice this year already. So, not a huge ask. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, well, I sat there and I was 27-3 and I said, this game's not over, this game's not over. But unlike... like the You messaged me that. I know, I messaged you. I knew this game wasn't over, but unlike the Falcons game... It was the mistakes that really kept the Bucks in this. Like, you watch the Falcons yeah. game back, there isn't as many mistakes. Like, I just couldn't. It was like they were capitulating right in front of your eyes. You're like, do the Rams just not want to win? Do they? Do they not enjoy yeah. winning? Like, what was going on here? Like, again, like you said, that defensive line was incredible. The the back. To be fair to them, the, the whole defense, even up that one blown coverage by Ramsey. Other than that, pretty damn incredible. Like they stopped. Like you said, they had them yeah. under wraps. Cam Akers dropping the ball. Cooper Cup, who you'd never expect to drop yeah, the ball. Yeah, I know. Centre, huts the ball when Stafford ain't even looking, and you're just like, after they've yeah. got a fumble from Bob Miller, you're just like, what is going on here? I mean, yeah. a couple of massive plays again. Brady, 
I hope he doesn't give it up because he's still got it. Like, yeah. you sit there and you go, would you rather Jared Goff being your quarterback or Tom Brady, 45-year-old, being your quarterback? You could probably say Tom Brady until he's 50 being your quarterback. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was an incredible game to watch. Um, I think the Rams definitely deserved it. I would have been gutted for them if they had lost that. But, and again, some of it's got to end up with the coach. Like, Sean McVay, like, what happened there? Like, like you're a situational type guy as well. I was like, oh. Yeah. I sat there and I said, even as we get into the third quarter, I'm like, this game is over. Like, I can't believe this is happening. For it to get as far as it did, I mean, credit to all, all those Bucks players. There was a couple of big fourth down conversions there. It was just yeah, incredible to watch. Incredible game to watch. I think two of the, the probably the two best NFC teams now that the Packers decided to throw away their game just went at it. Um, but yeah, I think that that was that was that was the game that I was expecting type thing. Um, yeah, it just took close took to a while. the game. Close to the Close to the game of the round until Close. we get to the next game. <laughs> until we get to the, it would have been the game of the round until we get to the next game. But final note on that Rams team is that the word you use capitulation there is, is correct. And we saw it three weeks ago against the yeah, through two two weeks ago against the 49ers in the final game of the regular season, where the Rams were up big there and then threw it away and the 49ers ended up coming back and winning and got themselves into the playoffs now. So the Rams have got to, have got something to watch out for there. And say they make it to the title game against Cincinnati or Kansas City, those opponents are not going to are not forgiving at that, at that. They've got young quarterbacks, skilled receivers. Whoever they play, if they make it, is not going to allow them back into it the way that uh, the Buccaneers... Uh, it's not going to forgive them the mistakes the way that the Buccaneers forgave the mistakes. Now, let's look at our final game. The... One of the best NFL games I've ever watched, if you're a fan of offense. If you're a fan of defense, don't watch this game. <laughs> Do not watch this game. This game featured zero defense. This well... game was two gunslinging quarterbacks going back and forward like nobody's business. You could probably say enough defense was played up until two minutes left in the game. And then defense yeah. has just decided yeah. to close their eyes. <laughs> yeah. This is, ah, whatever. Yeah. We've, we've, we've done enough. We've done enough. <laughs> God, the opening drive, the great calls by the Bills, gutsy calls to go for it, a couple of fourth downs and pick them up and uh, and to, to score first. Of course, the Chiefs march right back down, answer straight back, and you knew from the outset, like, okay, this is the type of game it's going to be. Scores in every quarter, and in the last quarter alone, there was 28 points scored. Yeah. 28 points scored. So... Let me read you off the stat lines here for the, for the two quarterbacks. So Josh Allen, 27 of 37, 329 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Add on top of that, 68 rushing yards, and he ends up with a, a total of 397 total yards. Right? Patty Mahomes, 33 out of 44, 378 uh, passing yards with three touchdowns. Add on to that, uh, 69 nice rushing yards <laughs> and a score as well. So he ends up with four touchdowns and a grand total of... Let me do my maths here correctly. 440, 447 yards total for Patrick Mahomes. These two quarterbacks put it all in line. I would not be surprised if we saw them in the playoffs, AFC Championship game or playoffs again against each other next year as well. These two quarterbacks are the premier quarterbacks of the AFC. Those two and, and Joe Burrow. And I don't think I, anyone can sort of challenge that those are the top three right at this this second, which is incredible for Burrow in his second season. Well, I would... I would... A hot Lamar Jackson, not 
just as a dual threat, I think when when Lamar that, yeah. that MVP season he had, I would put him next to Joe Burrow. This you've got your two, your top two are Josh Allen and um, Patty Mahomes. I don't think I think when when Lamar gets going, Lamar is Lamar. So again, I want to I want to see it over yeah. years, and I think over the next couple of years you'll be right. Those three will be. I want to see him with with healthy. healthy. I, I know a lot of my. I love my Ravens fans friends will quote that they had less than 50% of the salary cap playing this year. And that's a fair argument to make Jackson himself was injured or ill this year. Uh, his receivers didn't do him any favors either with a full healthy roster. When the offense operating the way it's supposed to Lamar Jackson's is, is up there and as, as dangerous, I would still, I would rank him four under those, those three though. Interesting. I would rank Very him four. Interesting. Um, yeah. So then you, you look at, I got, you got to highlight Gabriel Davis in this one. Oh my god! Eight receptions, this... two hundred and one yards, and four touchdowns—a playoff record. No one's ever done that. No one. Not Jerry Rice. Not other Hall of Fame wide receivers like Lynn Swan and John Storworth. And I'm being a bit of a Steelers maybe <laughs> here. Not even Chiefs wide receivers like Tyreek Hill have done that. Not Randy Moss with Tom Brady. No one. This guy. This guy is that. a legend in my books. He's always whenever I see a Bills game and I need a anytime touchdown scorer and I just want to make an ex, a cheeky fifty dollars, I put ten bucks on him because he's normally playing about five dollars. And and yep. today was his, his his breakout to show. He he can play wide right receiver like that move he put on when boom boom broke the guy's ankles. Uh, yeah. I was going to say like the second to last touchdown, but I think it was like the fourth to last touchdown in the end because who of knows how crazy yeah. it was. I was just like, oh my god, like that. I think you could just about now say he's a legitimate number two after that performance. If he can do that all season long, Absolutely. I think the moves he put on and stuff, you start to go, man, because they they shut down Diggs and that was that was that was what they were clearly trying to do. But he stood up in a yeah. big way, and I was I was fascinated by his performance. Yeah. Biggest part of this game for me though was the Chiefs' ability to run the ball, whereas the Bills couldn't really do that except for Josh Allen. So Devin Singletary ten attempts for twenty six yards. That's not winning you any prizes but on the side of the Chiefs you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire seven carries for 60 yards that's a decent clip they're nearly nine yards a carry they had some jet sweeps with their uh, wide receivers as well McCall Hardwood Jarek McKinnon came in and wasn't so effective either but they had some running games going the Bills had some runs as well but just it wasn't enough and so the Chiefs could chew up a bit more of that clock could set the the defense on edge a bit more I get why the Bills were a lot more pass-happy, and I don't necessarily think that was wrong. I mean, you look at the game this way. The Chiefs, the, the Bills' offense didn't do anything wrong in this game. It was the Bills' defense that let them down, who, which had been talked up all game by the commentators as the number one overall defense. How many times did they say that? They were shot for every time they so, said that. Jesus, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be <laughs> passed out until Sunday if you, took, if you took a shot for every time they said that. But at the end of the game, when it counted most, when there was... 13 seconds 13 left on the clock. Seconds, man. 13 se- like, seconds left on the clock. And as men, we all know what you can do in 13 seconds. 13 <laughs> seconds left on the clock. Patrick Holmes drives the field, completing to Hill, to Kelsey, and they stop the clock. Three seconds left. Butker nails the field goal and sends it to overtime. Then in overtime, it literally comes down to the coin toss. Now, you can argue how you want if you oh, like that rule or don't like that rule. I will be making a fair argument after this, after you finish here about this yeah. rule. Yeah. Uh, but the ball never touches Josh Allen's hands. Kansas City takes it. Patty Mahomes says, enough of this. AFC Championship for the fourth year running is going to come through my house. Drives the ball down the field. Touchdown. Chiefs. Ball game. 
Kansas City is hosting Cincinnati in the AFC title game. And Patrick Mahomes once again shows why he's a half a billion dollar quarterback. Yeah, fantastic. Last drive. Incredible game. Incredible game. A couple of things I want to shout out. Daniel Lockhead, who Instagram messaged us to say that uh, Mahomes and Chiefs uh, last 13 second drive <laughs> happened in a quicker time than Dak Prescott getting that last playoff for the Cowboys. Just take that in. Dak Prescott Amazing. took that run, slid, still didn't get the playoffs. 13 seconds, the Chiefs could do that. Now, yep. you've got me started here, Husey, and and yep. and this right. this is Go, floor is yours. <laughs> this is what's happened. All right, this this divisional weekend has just given me flashbacks, and it hurts. It's a soul soul crushing flashback. Obviously, we saw the comeback from the Buccaneers, and I thought Tom Brady's mm. done this to another team. Fuck Tom Brady incredible yeah then what we see is the game after which is the overtime performance now something special everyone knows i feel it too falcon fan 28 free patriots come back tom brady leads it goes into overtime tom brady leads the drive they score a touchdown matt ryan that year before you before you go on yes before you go on just want to say as a steelers fan i feel your pain 2011 playoffs Steelers versus Broncos, take it to overtime, first possession of Tim overtime, Tim. first play, Tim Tebow to Demarius <laughs> Thomas, length of field touchdown. No, but that, I saw, that, yeah. that plays enriched in history, however, though, that because of that play, because you should never, ever have been yeah. taken to overtime against Tim Tebow. But that's a, that's a conversation yeah. for another hour, a bit of time. Yeah. Back to what I say. So 28-3, flashbacks coming. Then we go into this game, and I see a quarterback get the ball moving up in the overtime and win the game. And the other quarterback, who's been sensational, doesn't get the opportunity to fight back. So, happened in Super Bowl Falcons against Patriots. Matty Ryan, Matty Ice was the MVP that year, never got to touch the ball. I totally understand that. Like, that's the rules. I, I've got no problem. That's the rules in place. You play to the rules in place. But when a coin toss decides it, fuck that. Excuse yeah. me, but fuck that. How they haven't changed it to the college style, I think the college style yeah. of overtime is the most entertaining end of football you can have and it takes the only advantage you get from a coin toss then is if you go get down to fourth down and you kick a field goal the other team gets down to fourth down they've got an extra choice if you know what i mean that's it there's there's not there's there's one little tactical and the fact that it switches over between um if you don't know what college overtime looks like it's i think it's from the, is it the 20 or 25 30 somewhere there 30 yard line they start it's first and 10 um so one team gets whoever wins the toss gets to choose they want to um, play defense or offense, then they play defense, try and score. They can kick a uh, extra point, so then they go up by seven. The next team then gets the ball from the 30, same spot, to try and do the same, score seven. After, I think it's two rounds, it then goes to you can't actually kick the extra point. You've got to go for the two-point conversion. So you've got all of these things happening, and you've got – there was a great, there's a great example where I think it's LSU against Texas A&M goes to a 74-72 scoreline in the end. And, yeah, yeah. okay, that scoreline is not realistic, but it's not – it's, it's because it went to overtime and how many overtimes it probably went to. And I just go, you've got two of the best offensive players in the league, in the league, probably the two best offensive players in the league, and you don't give them yeah. the chance for the ball. You don't get the chance for a defense to stand up. I just, I, we, I feel like we were slightly robbed. Again, greatest game I've ever seen in my life. Greatest game I have ever seen in my life was that game just then. Yeah. And it won't take away from that. But I just sit there and I go, man, even, even if you said, Okay, now Josh Allen gets the ball, and then the next score goes. You know, if we did that, so it wasn't like I, I like the the rule they brought in for the field goal. I don't understand why a touchdown ends the game. I think you can go a touchdown either way, and then play to end the game. Yep. It's still yeah, it's a coin toss, but at least you've now had Josh Allen at least touches the ball. You could do it in multiple ways. I just think it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous to not. 
for I, I agree with you. I I understand why they do it for the regular season because you've got to get the games over and done with and then move on to the next game. It's because it's multiple games being played um, on the same day because all the games are played on the same day basically, bar the Thursday night football and the Monday night football games. So I understand that you've got to you've got to get these games over and done with because you, you know network rights and you've got to move the games on for the playoffs though. They've all, the, the overtime rules are already different in the playoffs because there can't be a tie. Whereas in the regular season, there can be a tie. So why not change that for the playoffs? Or alternatively, I mean, change it all together. I don't think they will. I think they will. I think it would take a lot for them to change. I'd be very surprised if they changed it. But it's a, this game is another highlight of the benefits to changing it. Now, they've got to balance that against, you know, TV deals and getting off the air um, in time to allow, you know, regular broadcasting to resume and things like that. So, you know, they, they're going to have to, you know, negotiate with the people that, that pay the pay the salaries for the league, essentially, the, the television. I, 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 get, so I, I get that I, argument, and I get that. But, again, I don't understand why you can't do the same with a tie. Like, like you've got in the regular season, okay, here's your 10-minute limit. Both teams get to attack. If, you, if you're the second team attacking and you don't get the time to score the touchdown, then, the, like, if you can sit there in 10 minutes, take off 10 minutes of the clock to score a touchdown, you deserve to win. Like, the defense hasn't been able to stop yeah. you for 10 minutes. You deserve to win. So I just, I don't know. I go... You could definitely find a way. I agree with you. They're not going to change it anytime soon, I don't think. But yeah, don't, don't worry. I I agree with you that the rule is is ridiculous and should be changed. I just yeah. don't think it will don't be changed. It. Yeah, and I agree. Um, I agree with you on that point. Yeah, but it and so at the end of the day, though, at the end of the day, though, the Chiefs win the game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes hosting his fourth straight AFC title game, which is pretty nuts. I don't know. I was about to say, I don't know if that's ever been done before, but I do know that that's been done before because the Buffalo Bills did it in the 90s. Uh, but uh, this time it's the it's the Chiefs under Patrick Mahomes uh, doing it. And one of the things I highlight in this one as well is, you know, we talked about Gabriel Davis on the Bills side was, was their weapon. He, you know, 200 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Stephon Diggs was shut down. But the Chiefs, where they kill you, where they kill you is that it's not just one or even two players. It's all of their players. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, McKinnon catching the ball out of the backfield, Pringle, Cole Hardman, Clyde Edwards, even Mahomes himself running it. They they're all weapons. So I think that shows you, you know, a how well the Chiefs draft and operate in free agency, and b how incredible Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are. And Eric Bieniemy better be getting a head coaching role this offseason. If he doesn't, then there's something wrong with the league because we've seen the success of offensive-minded head coaches in the league. You look at the four head coaches remaining in the title games, Zach Taylor, offensive-minded head coach. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, offensive-minded head coach. Andy Reid, offensive-minded head coach. And uh, who's the last one? That... Sean McVay, offensive-minded head coach. I don't know why. I was I, I was just couldn't think who the last thing was in there for a second. <laughs> Sean McVay, off, all offensive-minded head coaches, they have success. They have success. So Eric Bieniemy better be getting a, a head coaching gig because – He's been to four. He's he's been under Andy Reid for so long. He's been to so many of these title games and Super Bowls. He has got the credentials. He's got everything you would want for a head coach. To, uh, he he's been in a winning system, and winning is a habit. And he knows what it takes to make that habit. So I hope we see him get a head coaching job. And I'm very much looking forward to the AFC and NFC Championship games upcoming and finding out who will be playing in the Super Bowl. Um, the Super Bowl on Valentine's Day, what could be more romantic than sitting in the sports bar at Star Casino watching the conference championship with your partner? 
it's getting easy. Yeah, I didn't even know it was Valentine's Day. Yeah. Don't celebrate that. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, you you and your missus will be there watching the Super Bowl then. Oh, yeah, definitely. We'll definitely be there. Um, yeah, so that's that's our wrap-out of the divisional round games. Hughie, so before we special? before we move on for yeah before we move on from the football, um, we mentioned we mentioned earlier that Luke, there's there's something there's something wrong, and there's something wrong with you. Right? <laughs> and you th- we thought we thought maybe it was COVID, maybe it was the after effect of COVID COVID symptoms, but it goes beyond that because we've seen that not only does whatever's wrong with you affect you and your predictive powers it affects me too it affects those around you it affects the very fabric of reality as you tear the dreams away from teams you tore away aaron Rodgers' chance at a second super bowl ring you smashed tom brady's hopes of going out with another super bowl ring and forcing him to play another year in the nfl and earn squillions of dollars luke it is my belief that you are cursed and or possessed so here today I've brought my exorcism kit, <laughs> and we're going to exercise you. So let me just. Is this when my head starts spinning in a yeah, full so rotation? Yeah, so we've got the we've got a, we've got a chalice full of holy water, <laughs> and we have a Bible. So <laughs> I am going to perform an exorcism here. I'm not uh, I'm not consecrated or anything, so this could go horribly wrong, people. But uh, brace yourself. If I just start we, uh, having a seizure or something, yeah. I'm blaming on you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, we we shall begin. <laughs> In nomine Patre et Filii et Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Exurgat Deus et Discipenter, In simini Ejus et Fugiantque Oderont, Eom e Fasi Ejus. Sicut Dificit Fumus Dificant, Sicut Fluit, Cera e Faci Ignis, Sic Perante Peccatores a Faci Dei, Amen. Judge thou, O Lord, that them wrong, overthrow them that fight against me. Let them be confounded and ashamed that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and be confounded that the devil devise evil against me. Let them become as dust before the wind and let the angel of the Lord straighten them. Let their way become dark and slippery and let the angel of the Lord straighten them. Let their way become dark and slippery and let the angel of the Lord pursue them. For without cause they have hidden their net from me unto destruction. Without cause they have upbraided my soul. Let the snare which he knoweth not come upon him, and let the net which he hath hidden catch him, and to that very snare let him fall. For my soul shall rejoice in the Lord, and shall be delighted in his salvation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall ever be, world without end. Amen. Luke. And now you declare that you have been exercised <laughs> and all your demons have been cast aside. I felt something hopefully in my stomach Hopefully we then. should see. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> that might have been the text next you had for life. Hopefully we should see from now on that your predictive abilities and predictive powers have been restored to you. At the very least, will not continue to affect the, the innocent souls of this world like myself and the uh, teams in the NFL. So, well, thank you for blessings that. upon you, my son. Thank you for that. Priest Husey. Um I'm glad you've done that pre-Super Rugby season, so I can yeah. <laughs> turn this all around. Yeah. I actually, I, I was I was tempted to allow the suffering to continue until after the bledders life, because <laughs> I know you'd pick the All Blacks in that, and it is no more surefire way to get my prediction about Australia winning for the first time in however many years than for you to pick the All Blacks while still under the effect of this curse. But I am a charitable soul. I cannot let this 
suffering continue in this world. It is, so. yes. And I and I'm thank you for that. I I truly do. And I guess I feel I feel partially bad because I half I half ruined one of your 2022 predictions, which was a Packers and Chiefs Super Bowl. But if the yep. Chiefs go on to win, I feel like I've I've, I've done right by you. Um, yeah, I think I did predict the Chiefs winning. That you did, so so that's why I'm keeping it alive. And I think the only reason yeah. the Packers got knocked out was because of this curse that I had upon me. And I, I think I think you did. And I think now yeah. now that you've you've expelled the curse from my body, like I feel I feel different. Yeah. I feel lighter. I felt like I had like a, yeah. a chip on my shoulder or something. I was trying to prove too much. Um, yeah, and I think and I think, I think something, something's definitely left my body. I can tell you that. Um, yeah. Mm. So so thank you for that. Reverend, um, that's right. and that's right. and we'll see how we go <laughs> with with, yeah. with my picks, and if this is work, we may have to do this every week until it, until it finally kicks yeah. out. We may have to go until it works. We may have to go on to some more. We may have to explore or, yeah. other spiritual options. Yeah, yeah, we won't, we won't stop. We will not stop until we find the answer to what is going on with me. Um, might might have to do a juice cleanse or something as well. Definitely, and, and, and I'll I'll, I'll yeah. go all limps. I will go all limps to, to stop mm. this. So uh, thank you, Husey. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess. We, we can't stop there because no unfortunately although Cusy's done this 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 for me it did, it did it did affect one more soul and it it affected yeah. a, a fantastic name soul storm Sanders I say Sanders but I think it's actually Saunders um, but I'm not 100 percent um we'll forgive you this time yes uh storm I I'm, I am deeply sorry for this one because I, I spotted it early I spotted it early and and you know what's worse I actually know I, I, I changed the course of this match. Yeah. So I said last podcast, I said Storm Sanders is going to win this first round against number two seed, all right? I said she was, I thought she was playing at 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. It turned out to be 7 p.m. Um, mm. And so what I did was I said in the podcast, I think she's going to win that match and go on to win the Australian Open. Now, at about 8 o'clock, maybe not 8 o'clock, maybe about 7.45, the night of her match, completely forgotten. I had forgotten she was playing... She was, she was doing what she was doing. She was playing excellent tennis. What did I do? But I had to jump on and Google. So I was like, oh, Storm's playing. I have to check how this is going. She's won the first set. She's won the first set. You know what's crazy? She's up in the second set. I go, I can turn this off. Game, set, match. My powers are back. I've done it. Maybe it's just football. Tennis, I'm great. 15 minutes later, I check. She's lost the second set. She's down 2-0 in the third set. I know that that moment I checked it, it was all over. It was all over. I curse her. And I apologize, Storm. I do. I am forever going to be a fan because of what I've done to you. I, I've, it, it's just, it's, it saddens me because I knew if she won that match, she was winning the Australian Open. There was nothing stopping it. It was going to yeah. be her and Barty in the final when she was winning the Australian Open. So I've cost you, I've cost you glory. I've cost you a lot of money um, that I, I can't repay, but you still make more money than me, so I'm not feeling that bad about it. Um, but I do I do apologise, um, and I, I, I will not be picking you again, but I'll be watching how your career progresses, um, and I will be making sure that I follow you until the day that I die. That's all I have to I, say. You not, only, not only did you cost Storm Sanders... Luke, you cost the nation of Australia. You cost <laughs> us a folk hero. You cost us a legend. And this is a wound we will carry forward, and we may forgive, but we will never. Forgive. <laughs> hey, I, I cost you the biggest party in all of Australia when Barty was about to play yep. Sanders as well, and it was going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. So I do apologise. On the Australian Open, Barty's killing it. 
buddy is killing it. Yep. So hopefully she can go all the way um, and and make me feel slightly better that I had half of the prediction right that it was going to be a Barty Sanders final. Yeah. I actually hope she meets the number two seed in the final. That would be fantastic and beats mm. her um, because that would make me – I would feel like some of my sins had been repaid by Barty. She took she took on the job that I couldn't yeah. complete. Um, and then obviously I've got I've got in our run sheet that I'm calling it's the KK brothers. Um, your, your men's double. I know there's there's you've got to be careful when you say that name. You don't want to say add an extra K and you're yeah, in some real don't trouble. Want to add there. An extra one, <laughs> but yes, your double boys are, are cruising and highly entertaining. I must say, um, yeah. anything anytime they play, it's over. This happens or that happens, and they're trying to fight some Croatians who I would advise not to fight because I've been in Croatia. Yeah where they're a pack of racist pricks and just about ended up in some trouble myself, but I avoided it. Um, so I wouldn't advise fight, fighting Croatians because they are very scary. Um, but yes, Australian Open, any words on that, QZ? Um, I don't think there's I just that there, but just I don't want you to say any words about this because I don't want you to curse it. Uh, or maybe you do, and we could test if it works early, but we have got a, an Australian uh, still playing Alex de Menor in the uh, men's singles, and he's having a very close game at the moment with an Italian, uh, Yannick Sinner. So uh, hopefully he can pull that one through there. But uh, Rafa's powering through, so I hoped he would. And uh, Med, uh, Medvedev, the, the Russian, is also uh, playing quite well. It looks like he's about to... He might be wrapping up his game against the American Maxim Cressy right now. And it looks like I would... I would suspect we're going to see an Adal versus Medvedev final. For, for Medvedev and Murray. Sue! <laughs> because that's taken over Australian Open for some reason. Um, mm. Yes, no, I did note the Australian man in there. Uh, I've forgotten his name already, but I did not want to mention anything. I'm not saying anything. I don't yeah. mind. The two... You haven't said his name, so, so it's good. I, I actually never said the two K brothers' names either. As long as I don't mention I, names yep. or team names. Oh, fuck, I've done Barty. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping what you've done's worked, or I'm in real trouble. Yeah, with it. yeah. All of Australia will come. You, to ha- my head. you haven't predicted her though. You haven't. You haven't. Pre- you didn't predict anything. But I didn't I mention, maybe that's what kicks I, in. Is what yeah, you maybe if I predict, I, I just mentioned their name. So we'll see how how bad my powers are, or how good you are at cleansing me. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's the Australian Open. We'll keep you up to date. Probably in the next podcast, it'll be coming up to wrapping up, if not before that. So yeah. we should have some winners, and hopefully, it's all Australian. Um, the UFC 270, obviously, Husey doesn't know much about the UFC, but I will touch base because we saw a couple of really good fights. Now, I'm going to start with a public service announcement. And what I'm saying is anyone who watched Nganu versus Gain and said it was a ball fest or didn't like it do not know what UFC is. They do not know what UFC is. That was one of the most incredible fights I've watched just from a pure tactical fight um and there was a, a couple of big mistakes in the last round by gain that just kind of cost him the fight but the way Nganu changed his style gone from a knockout fighter to wrestling to takedowns i was just i was, I was sitting there just stunned just stunned so from that what we get is and from this whole card there was only really two good fights there was the australian the new australian or uh, alex della or something like that sorry i've forgotten his name as well yeah. but he was fantastic i'm so excited to see him move first round knockout wasn't it bang and, and he looked impressive and that boy is built like a built like a machine so i'm excited i love it's one of those few sports where i go okay yes aussies and new zealand's do this together because if we can beat anyone else i don't mind obviously battle lines get drawn when it's robert whitaker versus israel um mm. and Asanya, but i still want the best for robert whitaker as long as he's not been a new zealander but uh, from this, yeah, from him, he was really impressive. And then the two main events, your boy Greg Hardy was out injured. I think it was from what you what you did to Finger him in that injured. video. 
Yeah, so yeah. I think that you put him on his ass, and he was yeah didn't have enough. Well, so. We both we both we're both sharing some pain at the moment. I've got a fractured finger. He's got a fractured finger. Yes. So went yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, obviously the two main events: Marino versus Figueroa, uh, Ngano versus Gane. Ngano versus Gane has opened up a world of opportunities to Ngano. He the talk is to go to boxing, and it wouldn't surprise me if he goes. The money he will get paid for a boxing fight, um, and if he can win a couple, he'd do a couple of early fights. Everyone would want to watch it, and then have a big name, um, a big name fight would be incredible. He'd make more money than he would ever make in the UFC, so it's not a bad route. But I think the one, the one kind of egg, the one ticket that UFC's got to hold on him is the John Jones fight. So if mm. You know anything about UFC? John Jones is probably the biggest villain to ever do it. Probably the greatest fighter ever, but he loves cocaine and loves to crash his cars and walk yeah. away. Um, so he's he's kind of become a villain. Um, that will be the fight, and probably Ngano in the biggest fight ever in the history of UFC if that fight gets made. My issue is I don't think Jones can stay clean enough. I don't not and even with steroids or anything like that. Just in general life for this fight to happen. So I see Ngano going to boxing. It's the smarter move. Then we jump into Marino versus Figueiredo. This was the third, the trilogy. It was meant to be the end. If Marino wins, it's probably all over. Uh, but he doesn't win. A couple of big, big right hands. It was a great... This is why you like seeing the little guys fight because chances are you're not going to get a knockout. You're going to see five rounds of just tactical slugging, submissions, takedowns, everything. And we saw it all. Um, Figueiredo getting the better room and just with the power. And, and I think Marino put it best when he said... I, I landed a lot more, I landed a lot more speed, I moved a bit better, I, I looked a bit better in there, but he landed a couple of power shots and did a bit more tactically with takedowns and stuff. And I think that kind of put it 48-47, I think, on all three cards, so it was a close fight. Figueiredo gets the win. We have never seen four fights between two fighters in the UFC. We've definitely seen it with these, these two. There's no one in their division close. So that is going to be huge. I'm so excited to see that. Figueiredo said, let's take it to Mexico, where... Uh, Marino's from that will be huge if they get that going oh, I, it would be just fantastic mm. so four fight between those two will be happening that's kind of come from the UFC 27 and those were the, that was it um, so as far as I'm concerned and as far as Hughes is concerned so I think yeah. fantastic event in the end because of those two what happens next is going to be the big question um, but yeah I'm, I'm excited to see what happens next other than I'm that, excited to see you excited for what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just keep Hughesy updated of what happened to Greg Hardy. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a couple of points I want to touch on cricket. We've obviously mentioned it, but Australians tour of New Zealand cancelled. Now there was meant to be one day as two twenty. The reason this has happened is because the New Zealand cricket team, the Black Caps, aren't guaranteed spots back in MIQ upon return. Now I've got no problem with them not being guaranteed spots. I have issues with the MIQ set up in New Zealand and everything like that, but I think that's a, another time for a political statement and this is a sports podcast, so I'm going to keep it to sports, all right? Mm. But what I think this is a great opportunity and it's been floated about and I think it has to be done. Australia A versus Australia B or Australia, you know, um, what was it called? The uh, the All Blacks had a, had a game ages ago and it was the... Uh, Possibles versus the probables, like so. It was kind of not oh, A's okay. and B's, and I and I think that's another great one. So you'd have two Australian teams squaring off in like a two match one day series, two match T Twenty series, where there's not anything on the line. It's just this is what we think our best team is. This is what we think our second best team is. Let's go out and play a game, put in the show. I think in the middle there as well 
is an opportunity for, I don't know if you've seen it, but have you heard of the Black Clash? Black Clash. No. So this is an event that New Zealand's put on for the past two, three years, I think definitely two years, maybe three years. And it's a whole bunch of All Blacks, uh, current All Blacks, older All Blacks, playing against cricket against a whole bunch of old black kids. So we saw Kieran uh-huh. Reid, Will Jordan just played. The New Zealand, the, the rugby team won this year by one run. I watched it last year, and Daniel Vittori could still play cricket. Like He came in, and I think the, the uh, rugby team needed to get like 16 off his last over, and it was like, you know, like they, they make it easy. The boundaries come in a little bit. Will Jordan's in there just smacking it. They bowl pies. And Vittori just turned the game on its head, just went, you yeah, know, nah, you're not going to score any runs off me. And they got about four runs and lost three wickets or two wickets, and it was just incredible. I think this is an opportunity for Aussie to do the same. Cricket's even bigger here. Yeah. You could get, it doesn't need to be rugby. It could be rugby, rugby league. It could be an all-stars, like yeah. sports against cricket. It was a great event, and I think it would be perfect to put in the middle of that. So you'd have like, you know, a one day and then a T20 game, and then you'd go like on the next day or the next night, something like that. Some way, somehow you work it out, um, schedule it in now that this isn't here, and just be a, a big kind of a, a circus, but a big uh, show of cricket, a cricket show, yeah. just trying to, it'll get the, the height after the BPL's finished. You wait until that's done just to get something there now that that's not on the card. And I think that would be fantastic. Using your thoughts on that? I guess you won't have too much, but. Yeah, maybe like a, maybe like a, a state of origin cricket, but it's the New South Wales Blues team and Maroons team from 2021 screwing off. Definitely, and, and and again, something like anything like that, just to get a bit of excitement. Just linking it in with something, yeah. Yeah, and it was it was it was so so entertaining when you watch it um, because you have it, these guys like we had. Uh, I think Shane Bond bowled, um, and Karen Reed's got a bruise to show it. You get like Nathan McCallum's, the Brendan McCallum's there, who can send it out of the park, can also bowl, can, and it was just yeah. um, highly entertaining. We had, uh, uh, yeah, there's just a range of superstars. They they add in all athletes, but it's considered rugby against cricket. So I think that would be really cool for Australia to do. And I mean, with the, with the way Australia cricket teams dominating on, you know, the t- just won the T20 World Cup, it'd be a highlight to have. So I think for me, that's mm. that's one thing. After this BBL finishes. Um, and then go from there. Did you hear about the Steve Smith stuff with the BPL? I'm just going to touch no. base with you. So Steve Smith wanted to play in the BPL. I think it was the, the the game for the Scorchers or even the game that's coming up now against the Strikers, and they've said, no, he's not allowed to play. Um, and I just, again, I'm like, outrageous. Cool. I understand they're trying to make it even, yeah. but you want one of your biggest players <laughs> in the world yeah. You want them playing in these games. This is what's meant the BPLs are meant to highlight. So um, I think next podcast, I'll get a reaction off Husey of what what he's kind of – we yeah. might do a big recap of the BPL, just do a, a cheeky 20-minute yeah. video throughout the week um, because yeah. if, if especially if Husey's Sixers can get a win over the Strikers and make the final, that would be a fantastic final to watch and do yeah, a bit of a recap. So we might do a video on that later on our YouTube. That will go up. Along with – we're also mm-hmm. going to do a video with our conference – Championship predictions, um, just a quick one, kind of going over what we saw, what we predict. Husey will tell you who's winning. I'll probably tell you who's losing, um, and then we'll go from there. Anything else you want to talk about, Husey? That's all I've kind of got at the moment. No, that's 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 everything for me as well. As you said, you know, big, huge last couple of days in the NFL, um, heading towards the off season. Some teams are already starting to do some head coaching and coordinator searching. Nothing uh, has really solidified. Uh, there yet uh, I'm sure once we start seeing some of those hires and maybe some like players being linked to teams we'll talk about that a bit but nothing to talk about at this stage but uh, yeah huge this offseason is gearing up to be one of the most 
like I guess biggest changes across the surface of the NFL. So it'd be really interesting to see uh, how that all happens. And you know, if say you know Ben Roethlisberger has already hung up his cleats, say Brady and Rogers follow him into retirement this year, that's like three like staples of the NFL for the last twenty years that have all hung it up. So the NFL is going to be a, you know a changed beast. Uh, going forward, and three franchise, you know, well, two franchises have had their franchise quarterback for, you know, coming on twenty years. It's going to be yeah, interesting seeing someone else at the helm of those ones. Yeah, I if think that is the case for Green Bay. Definitely, and I think we'll we'll definitely do a roundup of the year video and a preview of the off season, what we think will happen, and some maybe some predictions and stuff like that. A lot around the draft, uh, free agency, any signings and stuff. We'll keep you up to date. Rugby, Super Rugby is under a month away now as well, so we'll do a definitely That's a video, cool. a huge video. Um, we might even try and sort out a live stream when the Waratahs or something uh, and the Hurricanes play um, with me and his yep. reactions to that. So, yeah, a lot happening. Um, stay tuned. Uh, but for now, we'll say goodbye. Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke. Let's use it. See you later. Adios.